Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. We all know about that in my life and how hard that's been for me and also my listeners. You guys hear them talking about it on the mailbags. It is hard to manage finances with a partner. Putting away money for retirement, since I'm not going to be doing this podcast forever. Sorry, I guess I could, but retirement is huge for me. I am deeply focused on it right now and planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Taxes are a doozy and it's always changing. How do you know what to do? Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's very hard for me to not have somewhere to go in the morning. And, like, I loved going to work. I loved talking to people at work. It was the best. Because you were just like, I'm at my job. I'm an adult. I'm at my job. See you later, depression. I'm leaving you at home. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabby Dunn. Gabby Dunn here, professional dum-dum, and welcome to the show. Things are changing for Allison and I. I reference it all the time in these intros. Big projects in the ether which may or may not pan out. Oh, I wish I could tell you more about this, but our lives are unfair. So no, this will not be the episode where I reveal to you all of what that stuff actually is. That will happen, though. 
Maybe, if it all comes through. It's all great. Just imagine whatever you would want me and Allison to be doing, it could happen. But today, I want to talk about some of the psychological effects of having all this potential success looming over us. We've talked about the false premise of the windfall so many times on Bad With Money. How dangerous it can be to pin all your hopes and dreams on the idea that one day you're going to get this giant reward for all the emotional and financial hardship you've endured. Because the reality, of course, is that something like that happens extremely rarely. And if you convince yourself that it's coming and that nothing else matters until it does, you can really fuck yourself. A little later on in this episode, we're going to talk to comedian Sarah Schaefer, who's lived on both sides of that, the fuck-up and the windfall. But first, back to Allison and I. What we're learning is that what actually matters is the work you put in while you're waiting for the windfall. The tireless effort that we pour into all of our projects together and separate, and the incremental changes that have happened over the three years of work we've put in. That's not only how you make progress, but it's also how you learn what kind of artist you are. More importantly, it's how you learn what kind of person you are. And it really matters, because whether or not the windfall ever comes, at the end of the day, you're stuck with yourself. So I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I invited Allison back to the studio to reflect on it with me. Welcome back to my podcast, Allison Raskin. It's a pleasure to be here. This is my comedy partner. I've mentioned her many times over the course of this podcast. Have so. you mentioned me? Yeah, yeah. What do you say? Uh, that you have a, a high uh, a high caliber for content. Ooh. That you love deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of you, so that's why it runs smoothly. Yeah, I'm scared of myself. <laughs> um. So, do you view our videos as our property, or how do you view like? Us owning the channel. I view you as my property. Great. <laughs> More like a child. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously we own the channel. It's hard because it's like at this point, it's like, do I even want to own this content? <laughs> Why? Because it feels, I feel like we're at that place where like it's been so amazing that we own this content and that this thing is ours and that we are in complete control of it. Mm-hmm. But there's like a reason why people sell their souls. And it's so they have more money so they can make better content. And so they don't have to do all the work themselves. I don't even mind. I'll do all the work myself. <laughs> I just want more money so we can leave the apartment. What's the difference between you working at full screen now versus like what we were doing at, at BuzzFeed? Or why would you take a job now? Full screen is a really different thing where they let me do anything else. Um, yeah. Like it's come and go as I please. And I feel like I get to play with different characters than when I get to play on JBU. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually at full screen, I came in as a writer. If anyone doesn't know, full screen is a pay for service. That's like an app with, with an app content with original it. content, as well as like a library of content that they've purchased. And then you can watch it. I don't know what's going to happen. It just started. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I came in mostly, honestly, as a writer, and then I was in some stuff, and then I became more just a cast member. And there became this thing where it was like, okay, we want you to be a full-time cast member, but if you do that, then you have to sign this contract, and you have six months. We have we have you for six months, and you can't do any other sketch stuff. And like, we'll and you pay- were like, well, no, <laughs> yeah, but also they'd pay me way more. Yeah. Um, but that was, like, cool because, in a way, I got to make the decision. Yeah. And I got to weigh the benefits. 
And for me, it makes more sense just to not sign that contract and just to go in with the same day rate that I started with so that I can leave whenever I want. Yeah, I think you're going into it with more respect. Like you're going into it as someone who has a successful channel and who... I don't think they knew who I was when I got there, to be perfectly honest. I think well, why more, are they have, treating you better? I have more respect for myself. Oh, so you know how you should be treated. Yes. As and opposed to when we first started working. I mean, I had no idea. And, like, because you're just so grateful for the work. And, like, for a while, like, obviously you have to pay your dues and you have to, like, write things on spec and, like, never make any money. Because the more that you write, the better writer you become. Yeah. So, like, I don't regret having written any of those things because I'm now a better writer. But now I'm at a place where, like, I'm confident, mostly not really, in my writing, and now I just want to do things where I'm being paid. Yeah, because when we first started working at BuzzFeed, you were someone who had, like, I had sort of just fallen in, like, I was like, I'm a personality, and then I fell into it. And you were someone who had studied screenwriting and then had graduated and was sort of doing the typical Hollywood, like, assistant grind. And so to for, I think it was a different experience for you where you we're starting working there and you were like I'm being paid to write like this is all I've been trying to do for seven years it was amazing I mean to be able to say when someone said what do you do and say writer yeah and not mean like in a coffee shop yeah um, that was incredible just like the pride that I feel with that and also just like the way that that allows me to carry myself differently and interact with the world because the whole thing about this game is like you're not going to get famous that quickly you're not going to get like rich that quickly but what you need to keep going is like validation yeah and so you were like great i work here and i feel validated by this job and i never felt that i was always like i'm i could t- i'll leave but you'd had other success before you got there so i think we were coming from super different places yeah i think i think it was so important for me to know my worth and so it allowed me to not be like crushed by leaving where I think a lot of people that start working at big media companies, it's their first job out of college mm-hmm. or it's their first job in the industry. The whole thing is, is like, I think it's a great place to start, like a company like that. But you went into this industry knowing that it's going to be risky, right? You went into the industry knowing that it's like not a like a straight road. Like you can't mm-hmm. just like climb the ladder and then suddenly have your own TV show. Right. And I think that like what what's hard about those companies is suddenly you're sucked in and you're like, oh, I can climb the ladder and I'll, you know, but it's like, no, remember how like you went into this thinking you would take risks? Right. Like just go back, like go back to the risks. Protect yourself and like don't get too involved in it and tie up all of your self-worth and all of your ideas and all of your content in it. Like, I think we were lucky to have JBU outside of it that gave us perspective. Oh, absolutely. But also it's interesting in that, you know, I'm sure our experience at the company would have been very different if we hadn't had it because then we would have seemed all in. Right. Like, I think we would have been like, well, we don't have anything else. Um, Do you think that most creators undervalue their work? Here's the thing is, Anyone who says, like, writing is easy is a bad writer. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So I think it's hard. I think people who aren't that talented often overvalue their work. And people who are talented, like, undervalue it. It's these arrogant people who are like, I'm the best writer ever. And then it's like a terrible script. Yeah. Like, if you have a big head without having had any success... Then like that's just like a weird personality trait that you have, and I like. But can't people really tell trust you. It. But people tell you to go in and just ask for a million dollars. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, people tell you, like, just go in and fake it till you make it. Just have confidence. I think that that's super true. I mean, I think that since I've started to be more like, nah, fuck it. Like, I definitely have had more opportunities. But you get nervous. You get nervous. Like, if our manager wants to ask for more money, you get a little nervous. I do. But I also think that has to do with my OCD, where I think the contract will just go away. Oh. Like, it's not the concept of, like, I don't deserve more money. It's just, like, this weird, like, mental health thing where I'm, like, nervous. Like, I need something to happen to believe that it happened. And you've yeah. seen me. Things happen, and I still won't believe they happened. I mean, but I'm that way, too. Yeah, it's not a great cycle for us. No, but I think sometimes I, not overvalue, but I certainly am like, oh, well, we're the best female scripted comedy duo in the world. We have an amazing dynamic that is unique, and the world has never seen it. But, like, I get very yeah, hyped up I on us. if I met you now, I wouldn't <laughs> like you. <laughs> you think I talk us up too much? Yeah. What do you think about the whole thing with people saying calling if we got a TV show or or get a big brand deal or whatever that were sellouts. I think the smartest thing I've ever done for us is from the beginning say that I want to sell out. Yeah, your character was built into your character. Like, I love money. I love success. (laughs) I'm all about selling out. Like, we've had your character say the sentence, I love money so many times. Yeah, and just like, I like would love to sell out. (laughs) And then people are rooting for you and they love you so when we do sell out they're like Allison did it yeah (laughs) she got that thing that she wanted because they love you there's also like I'm not going to sell out to like what's that horrible company that like everyone hates with the with the fruits fit tea no 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 with fruit and vegetables like Mendocino not Mendocino my Monchano Oh, oh, Monsanto. Monsanto. <laughs> like, we're not going to, like, rep Monsanto. Right, right, but, right. But, like, you know, we put care and thought into the brands that we do work with. And, mm-hmm. like, we've turned down opportunities because influencers involved, their brands involved aren't right for us. Right. Um, But, like, if it's a cool company, like, yeah, pay me. <laughs> um, Should we have gone to business school? Oh, so... I'm supposed to tell you this. My dad's my new business manager. Oh, officially? Yeah, officially. He wanted me to tell people, so I guess this is a really good time. <laughs> Does he want to manage me? Yeah, but you might have to pay him, like, a percentage. I'm I'm free. I have to pay him a percentage? No, for now, I'm sure he'll do it for free. Once he retires, oh, man, he'll do it for free. He'll be so bored. <laughs> but, I mean, I didn't. I underestimated how much we would have to. I mean, we have an LLC, like, how much we would have to be doing business stuff. You don't do it. I do it. I'm we as an entity. Yeah, I hate it. I'm I might have built us into the ground. <laughs> All of our money is missing. <laughs> um, yeah, and our LLC is a box of checks that's in my closet. Um, yeah, no, it's very frustrating. I called our manager today just to be like, I'm having a panic attack about VidCon. Um, I know Gabby and I have panels at the same time, but I need you to come with me. <laughs> really? I said that because I knew you'd be fine. You, because I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't, I have to go to these things. Like, I can't just be be with Allison. Yeah, so I'm going to just stay in my hotel room Thursday night. And then on the panel we have at the same time, I'm making Matt come with me. (laughs) You're just going to hang out with Matt the whole time? I guess. I don't know. I can't even go swimming. I just want to go swimming. Why can't you go swimming? What if someone sees me and then I have to take a photo in my bathing suit? Are you a real person? Yeah. Those are valid concerns. Oh, my God. Okay, great. Um, so here's a question. Uh, oh, good. The first one. 
I don't want you on this podcast anymore. <laughs> Can I come back a third time? <laughs> yeah, right. Welcome to Allison Raskin Presents. <laughs> um, so it, I've talked to a lot of people about the idea of the windfall and about how I kind of live this life of like, well, I'm going to get a bunch of money one day. Right. So I'm like, if we, you know, we're getting all this money, maybe soon, maybe. And have you thought about like what you'll do? Yeah, my dad, my business manager, <laughs> has actually been on my ass about that, and he wants me to invest it. And I said, I don't believe in the stock market. I don't want to lose my money. I'm such a hoarder. Um, but, like, he wants me to put it in a fund that I guess, like, you don't ever lose money, but you gain more money. You, so can't, I'll, yeah, you I'll, can't touch that fund? It's like a fund no, you, you won't touch? Oh, okay. He'll do it for you, too. I'll just tell him that you want him as your business manager as well. But I can't pay him a percentage. I'm not going to either. <laughs> Again, he's just happy you're my friend. <laughs> yeah. But um, we you, should be investing. I know what in what though. I'm not sure what it's called. What? It's, it's some sort of fund. I don't know, mutual fund. It's something. Because I just feel like I don't know what to do with that windfall. I have no idea. I've been told I can't spend it at all. I should not move. I should not get a new car. Like yeah, nothing. you can't spend it. Oh, oh, I'm not allowed. Yeah, I can, but you can't. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do the stock market? Seems I love crazy. gambling. That's yeah, you can't. I can't do the stock market. Well, if you I have, do it, you can't be in charge of it. You just have to have a stock broker. Yeah, I have an addict's personality, so I literally shouldn't do anything with this money. No. I am getting very tired of the roller coaster, but I I can't let go of my goals yet. Sarah Schaefer is a stand-up comedian who knows what it's like to spend your 20s hoping for that lump sum that's going to change everything. In 2013, it looked like the moment had finally arrived. She and fellow comedian Nikki Glaser got a talk show on MTV called Nikki and Sarah Live. It was her dream come true. Unfortunately, by that point, she'd already dug herself in pretty deep. I know you're looking at me and you're just like, what is her secret? And I will tell you the secret. I'll tell you the secret. Um, 57 thousand dollars in debt (laughs) everything you see i haven't paid for it yet i went to the fiscal cliff he pushed me and i flew and the he in that scenario is capital one how did it happen here's how she put it to scott moran in an episode of the youtube series modern comedian Every choice I've made has been with the idea that I would make it. That I would get there and get my big break. And no matter what, just keep holding on. I basically put it all in, you know. I just was like, take it, world. I'm going to totally fuck this up until it works out creatively for me. I'm going to go ahead and guess there's a lot of you out there listening to this who've had that exact same thought. And as you heard earlier... That's the same lie that I've told myself for years. What's our problem? If I have an idea, a creative idea, and I need to buy something, mm-hmm. I'll go buy the thing. Right. I, I don't care how little money I'll have. If I need a witch costume, I'm going to buy a goddamn witch costume mm-hmm. on the way. you know. Or if I left something at home and I need it for the show, I'm going to buy a new one. I had racked up like $65,000 in debt. It, I, I went between fifty-seven and sixty-five, depending on what I was including. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of it was credit card which is super embarrassing because it's like when you say oh i have all these student loans people are like well so does everybody mm-hmm. but if you have credit card debt you get judged what how um, many cards did you have i had three i had one that was like thirteen thousand. one that was twenty thousand. i mean it was like 
But would they offer to move? Like, would they? So, you yes. Do more see, this was the more. danger of it. When I was a good little girl and I only had a little bit on my credit cards at any given time, they would just increase it. And I want to be clear, like in the time where it was like really getting out of control, I was paying for groceries with my credit card. My bills and stuff were too much. Plus the minimum payments at this point were almost up to like $1,500 on all my debt. So $1,500 a month was just paying interest. That's a huge expense. And you feel like you're drowning. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, at any moment, I just was felt like my entire world was going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. So I was like just keeping a hole alive, kind of. Um, yeah. And then we found out we got the show and it was super exciting. I like had tears streaming down my face. Um, I thought, oh, my God, this is going to get me. I know one season of this will fill most of the hole, if not all of it, if I'm smart with my money. And this was like in April or May of uh, um, when it happened. And then they were like, and it's going to debut in January. And I was like, <laughs> <"Arr!"> <laughs> like, OK. And then, you know, we start working on the show in like November and mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, let's get the money rolling in. And like, no offense to MTV, but sure. they're a large, very large corporation, mm-hmm. Viacom, and they're um, a lot of red tape in a company like that. And I didn't get paid for anything for months. So but were there people that assumed that you were wealthy after you got the show? Yeah, I assumed, you know, like I assumed that about, you know, those who came before me like, oh, you know, you're doing so well. And you have to be careful, like especially if you're talking to people who are really struggling Mm -hmm. to be like, it's not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, you're still I still had a show and I was making good money and I was getting out of debt and I saved a little bit. It's gone now mm-hmm. because once the show, this is another thing I learned, once the show got canceled, you know, the gravy train stops and you have, and you don't know when the next thing is coming. You really yep. don't. And I've managed to make a good living since then. But people now probably think, it's so funny, on the opposite, they probably think I'm broke. They probably think I'm failing because I'm not on the TV anymore. But just because you have something on TV doesn't mean you're making money. And just because you're on, you're not on TV doesn't mean you're not making money. I mean, Allison and I have different financial backgrounds. And mm-hmm. I think like a lot of times we'll take stuff because I need the money and she doesn't necessarily <laughs> need it. Yeah. And then I don't know. I was in debt as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, w- did I really make $7,000 or did I just pay $7,000 to this negative deficit? Yeah. And then we were just trying for a while. She and I were just trying to get me back to zero. Oh, yeah. The the zero is such a Mm -hmm. you feel so wealthy when you're at zero. (laughs) Um, I've accepted the fact that, you know, I'm not someone who penny pinches. Mm -hmm. And if you never live your life and you never have fun, I mean, that's not the kind of life I want. So there is a balance. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get more in the middle and not be so risky with my money and spontaneous with it. Um, But but you can't take it with you. Like when you I die, know. what are you going to be happy you had money? I don't know. My parents, I interviewed yeah. my parents before this. Cause that, and I want to ask you about that because you said that you weren't raised to like know about money. Yeah. Is that like parents or, oh, I mean, it was yeah. so weird because in, I mean, we don't learn anything like that in school. No, it's both. It's education. I had a joke in my act about like, how you know, when you graduate high school, do you know what a rhombus is? Yes. But do you know what APR stands for? No. No. And what's more important in your life? What's more useful? I didn't know how to fill out a check. Like I had to Google when I had like (laughs) rent for the first time. Like, where does your signature go? Yeah. I mean, they don't teach you anything. You go to college. Capital One had a booth set up and they were giving people free T-shirts to sign up for a credit card. You don't know what you're getting into. You're 18 (sighs) years old. So this is the other side of the coin for me, which is my parents had severe money problems. And my father 
I mean, I can't really go into it too much, but he fucked up like yeah. bad. And, Mine too. Um, it wasn't good, mm-hmm. and my parents were extremely spontaneous Mine with too. money. Um, they never had any. We, I had no savings for. They did not put away any college money for us. Yep. Um, but they lived. You yeah. know, like well, they lived their, their lives. You know, when like, I interviewed <laughs> them, when I interviewed my parents, that was their excuse. My mom yesterday was like, "Well, you're our retirement fund." And I was like, <sighs> yeah. my dad says the same things. Yeah. He's like, don't forget the little people. Like anytime <laughs> something good happens in my career, he adds a comment like, please buy me a house. Yep. You know, and it, I, I, he's joking, but I know he's like, not for real joking. Too. Um, but I, I think my parents also it, money was a major stress as mm-hmm. well. So I got put in me panic and shame about money, but yeah. also Spending money makes me feel good, and it, mm-hmm. and it's a in my family it was also how you showed affection, which was a very dangerous oh. um, connection. A lot of times, yeah, I think in my childhood too, stuff was bad, and then someone would buy me something, and I that would yeah. make up for something bad that happened. Or mm-hmm. and it's also control, right? Like yeah. so, everything's terrible. I have no control over anything going on. This in my is life. an action I can take right now. I can is, control buying yeah. this bag, yeah. and then you do that. We had a name for it in my family. We what? have a name for it. It's called Pound Puppy. And remember Pound Puppies? I'm, I'm older than you, so I don't know if you... There were these little dog dolls. Wait, are they the ones that have babies inside of them? <laughs> yeah, there was a big... Those kind of got phased out because oh, okay. people thought they were gross. gross. Yeah. But the little ones, the puppies themselves would come in a little carrier. Yeah. And they were called Pound Puppies. And we were... Me and my little sister were obsessed with them. And if we were sick... My mom, after the doctor, would go, do you want to go get a Pound Puppy when we go to the little drugstore... To get your medicine, mm-hmm. she let us go pick out a pound puppy. So then we just started joking that any gift for when you felt bad about anything was called a pound puppy. Part of why I got into the horrible debt was my mom died. I got divorced all in the course of a year. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was already in me. I had a shopping addiction, mm-hmm. which was and not to the point. I did not have a shopping addiction, the kind that you would see on like a TLC show. <laughs> Um, but I, I wasn't a hoarder or anything like that or, you know, no, no extreme version of that, but I had definitely an emotional connection to shopping where I thought I was normal. And then I would reveal how much I had spent on clothes. It was clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, and people would be horrified. I'll go shopping and, and I'll drop Mm $1,500 in a day. And there are some people who are like, $1,500? I mean, that's one shirt from Barney's, you know? Right. Like, yeah, It's I, so on a scale. But yeah. on my scale, that was way too much money to be spending on clothes. Yeah. And I... This will make me feel better. Right. I would get depressed yeah. and I would shop alone. I still love shopping alone. I don't like people being there um, because I don't like judgment. Mm-hmm. I don't like anyone going, that's too expensive. And I'm like, I'm not so fucking buy it. So weird that you're a comedian and you don't like judgment. <laughs> 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 Well, when you have so much judgment coming from the business, yeah. there are things that you just want to do and have nobody judge you for. And and money's so uh, personal that way, too. Yeah. Where you're like, let me have this. Everything yeah. sucks. Yeah. So I would get, I, I'd already had that in me. Yeah. And then I had those things happen. And I was living alone for the first time in my adult life. I did not understand how expensive that was. At the same exact time, I got a new job working at Fallon, which was a dream job. Oh, yeah. And it was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Totally changed my life, but it wasn't enough money to live off of alone. And what I, I didn't, Another big I was doing it all at, <laughs> right. They, they, they really, um, 
it, it depends on who you are at the show. Like if I wasn't yeah. in a union, I wasn't a writer, I was running right. their internet stuff and that was a job that was new and they just gave me a salary that I thought was fine. And then, but I bet even then you know. people thought, oh, Sarah's making money. She's working Oh, of course. At a I, had an em- I had two Emmys. Ah! And people are like, oh, I mean, even when I was little, if I, I thought... Can I pawn these Emmys? <laughs> like when I, I was little, I thought, oh, if I have an Emmy, I will have a mansion for that Emmy. Especially, I thought too that you, you would know. just get one lump sum. And that would erase mm. everything. Yeah. You know, the money I made at MTV was, to me, insane mm-hmm. amount of money. Like, I just had never made that amount of money in one in a short period of time. But when you spread that out over 10 years of me sacrificing everything to try and make it in this business, yeah, it's not that much money. <laughs> you know, that I had all that debt partly because I was pushing myself towards these goals and I made choices that would push me even further mm-hmm. towards it. And it all combined. But I didn't um, realize until I like moved to L.A., really, I didn't realize that other people did, had money and I didn't. I mean, other people like yeah. my own age in my peer group of creatives mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, it, I think I had this naivete of like, I'm going to move to L.A. and purely on talent, I will succeed. But like. Then a lot of these people that I'm like, how did this person finish their film? Oh, their parents paid for it. I mean, and that's not an indictment on their personality no, or whether I'm they're nice like, or oh, not. I get it. But there are people who I, yeah, I used to be like, God, they've this, this. They got this. They got that. They got so much. And then I realized they were living off of their parents' money for the first five to ten years of their career. They didn't have to work. I right. had a huge day job. The Me moment too. I got to New York City, that was 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to hang out at McManus, which is the place (laughs) that UCB people used to hang out at. Part of the Fusion article was about feeling like I was too famous to do stuff that I was too broke not to do. Like I was a courier for Postmates and I would be going to people's houses to drop stuff off and they'd be like, whoa, whoa." like they wouldn't want me to leave because they'd be like, you're from BuzzFeed. (laughs) <laughs> and then it's like, God fucking damn it. I know. Like, it's humiliating sometimes, yeah. the stuff you have to do. And I, Is this I, for a video? <laughs> no, it's not for a video. God damn it. <sighs> yeah. When I was younger, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be one of those people who has money in their 20s. That's what I thought. Like, I'll be successful in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I'll have money in my 20s. And now I'm 28 and we're pitching and doing stuff. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll have money in my 30s. Maybe that's what we're like. I'm. Oh, <laughs> uh, And I'm now like in my 40s. I'm going to have money in my 40s. Like, and I've had money. Yeah. And then I've had times when I don't, where I'm really broke. I mean, like it's up and down. You know, I had a pilot with IFC mm-hmm. and it did not get picked up. And, um, and it was a, a great experience. They were awesome. Um, but after that. One of the things I said out loud, which was like, I don't know how many more rounds I have left in this fight. Um, and then I realized that was premature and that I have many rounds left. Yeah. But at the time, you feel so tired because you put so much time into something and then it doesn't go forward. And you're just like, oh, my God, that was two years. But that's why you have multiple things going at the same time so that you don't lose your mind. not always what they seem and money is so emotional but also it's just so psychological and it messes with you right because now currently in my life I signed something for a project Allison and I have going on and I know that I have $20,000 coming to me when when will it come where is it is it in the the air is it in the mail like do I currently have that $20,000 or Can I act as if I have it or should I wait until I have it in my hand? 
It's like this weird torture. And once I have that $20,000, do I even really have it? Because probably like 6000 of it will go to my car. And then the rest of it, part of me is like, I don't want to touch it at all because I'm the type of person who I know will blow it immediately. And when you know that about yourself, it's a losing game. So I have to like hide myself from myself. And that is Twisted. Thanks for listening to Bad With Money. If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a rating. And be sure to tell all your friends who are bad with money that this is the place for them. Also, feel free to tell your friends who have never convinced themselves that a thunderstorm of cash was going to rain only on them one day and instead spent their 20s putting 30% of their paycheck in a savings account like a boring dork. We're part of the Panoply Network. Our producer is Sam Dingman. Laura Mayer is Panoply's director of production and Andy Bowers is our chief content officer. Our engineer is Jeremy Underwood. Original music for our show was composed by Zach Sherwin, Mike Kaplan, and Jack Dolgen. Our theme song is performed by Sam Barbera. Our show art is by Cameron Glavin. And in case you forgot, I am Gabby Dunn, and I will talk to you next time. Bye! As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.